back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest was born and raised in the great state of North Carolina. He was a star player for the ECU Pirates back at the end of the 1970s. Went on to become a distinctive or a defensive coach with distinction and then the head coach at his alma mater, ECU. Nowadays, he helps a guy he once helped mentor, Lincoln Riley, lead the Oklahoma Sooners football program. In case you didn't know, they are for the third straight year ranked in the national top five. They have won the last two Big 12 championships. Lincoln Riley is 30 wins and four losses as the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. And Ruffin McNeil is his assistant head coach and a great friend of the program. The Sooners took out the rival Texas Longhorns over the weekend in one of the biggest matchups in college football this weekend. Coach Ruff, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? BG, man, great to hear your voice, man. I was, I was telling Darren, we got to do this more. Yeah, you're I not kidding. Your I know, you got my phone number. You know what? Just give it to Maria or Anthony or one of the, and just tell them because so, you don't call me. Yeah, you know that's I mean? you don't yeah. Well, we would have three different sets of questions. Anthony would ask you, <laughs> "Hey, coach, what did you do when you were a student at ECU?" <laughs> I know. And then God knows how he would run with those answers. Maria and you yeah, would just oh, talk about all sorts of non-sports stuff. I know we would. So now I, you're. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Doing? I'm excited for you and Coach Riley and uh, what is one of the most uh, historied programs in all of college football. Tell me this before we get into. Uh, your latest star quarterback, Jalen Hurts, yet another Heisman candidate at a school that keeps producing Heisman winners. There was a crazy pregame incident where every player on both teams got a flag. Uh, I think of you as like a peacekeeper coach. What, what happened out there before the uh, game got started between the Longhorns and the Sooners? You know what? It's an emotional game. You know, we've, you, you've covered them and been around them. And, uh, you know, this one is like a, a different one. You yeah. know, a lot of. We got Alex Grinch, who was at Ohio State, and some guys that played at Michigan on our staff. And what's different about it, David, is that it's divided 50-50 exactly. Half Oklahoma fans, half Texas fans. Yeah. And it is a rowdy deal. And it's in, 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 in conjunction with the fair. Where there's, a, there's about a million people in that deal. So uh, the emotion was flying high. Uh, it was the... Uh, a, a really emotional week leading to the game. I think their players had mentioned some things about our players, and Lincoln had told us, and we had told our guys, hey, don't say a word. Just go play the game. And once it was time to play, you know, and the game was getting ready to partake, the guys just sort of asked each other, what do you want for dinner? Can I buy you a corn dog? Yeah. Can I throw the teddy bear? Can I, you want my teddy bear if I win it? That kind of thing. So, <laughs> so, so I head to the box already. I'm in the box. So I head to the box and I'm riding around the stadium, you know, with the with the guy. He's a great guy. I take him around to the box. And I give him to the box and say, "Hey, there was a a, a, a a little fiasco with more barking than biting, you know." But uh, uh, to get penalties that was unacceptable for, for me. But I'm glad we they, it was uh, both both teams got penalties if they did. So. It's crazy. Could the referee coach, the guy who announced those penalties, happened to be a pretty well-known ref named Mike Defee. 
Does he have the largest biceps and triceps in refereeing history? Like, could he could he help you at outside linebacker in his younger days? Because that guy looks more like a WWE wrestler than he does well, uh, a football referee. And first, you're a dear friend. And for me to speak any positive on <laughs> that area, <laughs> that area group, I think, but, but he has got, he does have biceps. He does base press. He does have curls for the girls. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we've had him a number of times. And I don't think he could have held that group back. But, no. yeah, you know what, he like, looks like he could have played uh, played some football at the time. But he, his shirt is tight, and, and uh, he comes into the room, uh, locker room before. I'm going, he has got to pump and do push-ups right before he comes in on the field, you know. I would Especially think so. TV games. Yes, sir. Ruffin McNeil is joining us on the David Glenn Show. He's the assistant head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. They are 6-0 and again. They just won the Red River rivalry matchup against number 11 Texas. 34-27 was the final score there. You can follow Coach on Twitter, at Ruffin McNeil. He's having a lot of fun with this chapter of his life after many years in eastern North Carolina and, of course, playing for the Pirates and leading that program with distinction over about a, a six-year period as the head coach. Two years ago, we saw y'all with Baker Mayfield, and you won a lot of games, and you won the conference, and you played in the biggest games at the end, and he goes on to the NFL. Last year, it was Kyler Murray. Now you have Alabama transfer Jalen Hurts that you and the other defensive coaches have to deal with in practice every day. Uh, What is it about Coach Riley's system as you see these brutally difficult-to-defend offenses every day that in, not only enables them to keep cranking out big-time quarterbacks, but, you know, Jalen Hurts basically just got there earlier this year, and he's already listed among the Heisman favorites. Well, you know, uh, first, I think it's Lincoln, you know, and, and we're a term coach, but Lincoln's a great teacher, uh, and that's a major part, even more of a part than being actually a coach. He does coach, but I think he does a great job teaching, displaying the, the, the knowledge uh, in meetings, uh, as a, it's a constant, almost everyday type teaching that goes on with that group. Uh, Jalen, I knew his dad, who coached high school, you know, in Houston. I've known his dad for years uh, because I recruited his dad. And, you know, when Jalen went to Alabama, I knew that. And his dad's a great guy, great person, great coach. But Jalen is a coach's kid, which, you know, just like I am with Anthony, there's something different about those kids that have been around sports all the time. Yeah. Just something different. They know how they know they know the deal, quote quote. But Jalen comes in ready to work. Uh, he's one of the best coaches in the history of the game, and Coach Saban. Um, so he's been around uh, programs that, that that have great achievement on their mind. And Jalen is a high achiever, and he came in from second one, David, second one as a leader, but not. Uh, uh, he came in and earned his way as a leader. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And the players really loved him. I'll I put this, his first day here, that night he got all the receivers and takes them to the indoor practice facility, and they're throwing route. His first day on campus, first day he arrived, first day in school, they get the, 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 the password and the locks to go out, lock the, and he's throwing routes to the receivers, getting that knowledge and, you know, that kind of thing. So that's just how that young man is. And I think Lincoln just the offense that Lincoln has, has really developed is not the one that <clears throat> they compare to the other 
uh, uh, shoot, running, passing type offenses. Lincoln has run game, quarterback design runs, as well as the pass concepts. It develops the quarterbacks for the next level, and it helps us win at this level too. So I'm glad Jalen's here. Jalen's here, and like you mentioned, Baker and Kyle are two great, great quarterbacks. Jalen's in that same line. For those who don't know, the LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, Alabama's quarterback Tua Tungavaloa, and Jalen Hurts of Ruffin McNeil's Oklahoma Sooners. Those are the three guys getting the most attention right now in the Heisman conversation as we're about halfway through the regular season in college football. What does Alex Grinch bring to the Oklahoma defense? Some of the players have described it as a completely different approach than what they had done in some previous years. Uh, I know you're part of that chemistry on the defensive side of the ball as well. What is new under Alex Grinch at Oklahoma? You know, I was when Lincoln first asked me, asked me the first day after we met, and I said, he's just like you. He's just like Lincoln. It was Lincoln's offense. Lincoln knows the offense inside and out, knows how to present it, teach it, and, and that progressional order. order. Lincoln, uh, Alex is the same way. He's, he's absolutely great with our, the entire defense, with us as a staff. Does a great job presenting exactly what we want each day in practice. And, uh, you know, we have an experienced staff. You know, we got three guys that worked with Alex before, and <clears throat> Brian Odom and uh, uh, Roy Manning, who played at Michigan, and they were together at Washington State. Then Kevin Thibodeau and myself are still here. So we go out into practice with some in-the-room experienced coaches. But Alex does a great job. He, his, he, he knows his defense. David, like Lincoln does the offense the same way. The adjustments come quickly. Uh, the corrections come quickly. The knowledge is even before quick, whatever is before quickly. He's got that. So, and, you know, he's very intense, uh, has a plan, knows how to execute that plan day in and day out. And uh, the progress is still there. And, David, we're not even close, close to where we can be as far as our, our play, level of play, you know. Uh, and I was saying that just for – me and you, because we know you know me very well. I would I would tell you yeah. we were. We got so much room to improve defensively, and we've come a long way. And I think it's the the constant message, day in and day out, and the presentation of the message, day in and day out. It doesn't change. It doesn't flip. And it's it's a theme each day and each week. And Alex has done a great job. It was five straight double digits wins for the Sooners. Houston was involved, a trip to UCLA, Texas Tech at Kansas under less miles nowadays, and then it was a closer matchup, 34-27 over the Texas Longhorns, who were ranked number 11 in the polls at the time. Coach, you, I know how young, competitive athletes are. Most of them think, hey, if we've won every game that was put in front of us, we should be considered as good as anybody else out there. And yet you guys are number five in the polls, you know, behind in, in a sport that has four invitations to a college football playoff. You're behind right now, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State. Do players talk about such things, or is it mostly for just fans to worry about on the outside? You know what, David, if you've been like I have, uh, at the beginning, if, if, if coaches have more control over the quote, quote, noise, you know, Jalen calls it rat poison. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Jalen. You know, but now the kids with social media, they have as much information or more than I know we do. Right. I think one of the things that, and I know how Lincoln and our our staff, that's a part of our goals, but it's a down the road goal. 
And we have some other goals before that as well as a conference part, as well as this game against West Virginia, who each year has been a battle. Yeah. You know, so no matter who the coach is going to be, and they, they do got a great coach, and, and, and Neil, but he'll do a great job. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it is there and this present. And we just, we've come to the mindset that if there's, and you know, you and I have talked about controllables and uncontrollables. Yes. The only thing we control is that is taking care of ourselves, playing to the best of our ability. Our offense has not reached close. And we had a meeting yesterday, a team meeting, that Lincoln presented it to the whole team. There's plays left out in that game this past Saturday, David. It was not supposed to be that close. No disrespect to Texas. Yeah. And, and, and what Tom is doing. I mean, great coach. And great, but, but there were plays left that it's not supposed to be that seven-point difference. And, and, and that's – but for us as a coach, what a great position to be in, to have is they got great win, great job, but here's what's left in that kind. So that approach has been best for us. And I think the fact that we do have a lot of room to improve as a team and in, in position size, offensive, defense, and special teams gives us a, 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 a great leap, just like the two years before with, with on the Baker's watch, on the Cowler's watch, those teams uh, to, to lead and finish the season off on the right note, particular note. And we had a lot of business things to work out like they're supposed to, and we'll be recognized one of the best teams in the country as long as we keep performing like that toward the end. Last thing for Ruffin McNeil, a good friend of the program, joining us from the Oklahoma Sooners. They are number five in the polls. They are 6-0 and in the standings. As Coach said, they have West Virginia. That one's out in Norman this weekend. They still have to go to Kansas State. They have to go later to a Baylor team that has not yet lost this year. They have to go to Oklahoma State. They also will host Iowa State and TCU a little bit later in this regular season. Uh, all right, a fun question. Flashback to your childhood for us. The State <laughs> Fair of North Carolina is uh, visiting Raleigh starting in a few days here. At any point in your upbringing in eastern North Carolina, I think it's been in Raleigh for like 100 years or almost 100 years. <laughs> I think so. Did, did you ever get there as a child or, or even, you know, as a, an ECU football player or for any reason maybe <laughs> after that? I think it was more in college. Uh, as Growing up, we didn't have the means to be able to go, but as a, as a student, we were able to maybe – Think over a little bit and, and, and see some of the things that, you know, I'm sure the, the, the rides have advanced since we yeah. we attended, you know, but, uh, you know, I think it's one of the best things around. I know Coach Beamer, Shane Beamer, Coach Beamer's son is on our staff, and he was really getting us, getting us somebody on the phone the other day going, you know, don't let the kids get on the ride, right? you know, because cause they'll take them apart and put them back together again. You know, I don't know what he's, <laughs> you know, I can imagine that. But, uh you know, it's, it's a great deal, and I'm sure they're having a great one in, in, in Raleigh. Ask me, though. T t tell me. Oh, yeah. I mean, the food is great, Coach. They'll f they'll fry anything. Like, if you had a favorite <laughs> – I don't know what diet Erlene has you on right now, but <laughs> virtually everything offered at the North Carolina State Fair would violate your diet, I think. <laughs> but it tastes really, really good, man. Hey, hey, tell, tell, tell me this real quick. When – or, or, you know, Arlene has told us the story that one of the early impressions she had of you, and here you are married all these many years later with beautiful kids and grandkids, she was struck by your Adonis-like body at the swimming pool. <laughs> so so did, did Ruffin McNeil's biceps back in, what would that be, the late 70s? Were they yeah. Mike Defee-like biceps? Were, were you, you know, that 
that uh, buff back in the day? <laughs> no. I don't think I was that buff. <laughs> that buff. You're crazy. That's a true story. Uh, that is a true story, yeah, I, Coach. I know. She tells that story. It, that was a long time ago. But I, 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 you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I don't think I was that buff. You know, that's still like a prison workout that he had. You know, <laughs> chest. You know what I mean? No legs. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I had just finished playing, moved back home to, to, to coach at Lumberton High School and just ran into it at the pool. You know, and you know how you walk around the pool. Hey, where's the restroom? That way, you know, you point your hand, you make a big muscle that way. No, I didn't do all that. But. <laughs> like, Chris, like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Like R- Chris R- Farley and Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> where's the gym? <laughs> where's the gym? Is it that way? <laughs> I didn't well, do that. Well, well done. Hey, I'm glad. I will always think of you impressing Arlene the next time I think of a swimming pool scene like that. Because in your case, oh, so you guys funny. have you guys have lived happily ever after. Hey, thanks for the check in. Good luck against the Mountaineers, and you know we'll be knocking on your door again soon. Same here, BG man. Great to talk to you, man. Tell Maria and to Anthony to, to keep doing good East Carolina. Tell Maria. Hello, and your baby girl, hello, too, for me. Hey, believe it or not, ECU is on her list, Coach. She's a high school senior as we speak. She's looking at like a dozen different schools, but we may become a double Pirate Nation family, and I know know you still hold that place close to your heart. Oh, yeah, great place, and Coach, she's going to do a great job, and uh, I look forward to getting back there at some point in time. All right, thanks, man. Keep up the good work. Okay, BG. Thanks, brother. He's Ruffin McNeil, the assistant head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Follow him on Twitter, at Ruffin McNeil. They have another amazing team. I mean, it it is just ridiculous what Lincoln Riley has done with Coach Ruff's help. 30-4 and as the Sooners head coach, the former ECU offensive coordinator. I'd have to double-check these numbers, but I believe of Coach Ruff's six years as the Pirates head coach, Lincoln Riley was the Pirates offensive coordinator for five of the six. So, in other words, he goes out to Oklahoma to to work for Bob Stoops and then, of course, succeeds Bob Stoops as the head coach of the Sooners, then hires Ruffin McNeil, so the whole world comes full circle, for his defensive staff. And Coach has jumped around with his titles and his responsibilities, but he's been the assistant head coach of the Sooners through the stretch. 30 wins, four losses, Big 12 champions the last two years running. And this is the third straight year they're in the national top five of the polls. Other than Alabama and Clemson, who's doing that? I mean, Ohio State is in that conversation. But top five in the polls year after year after year, that's under a first-time head coach in Lincoln Riley. You know, Nick Saban's not new to this wild, wild west. You know, Dabo Sweeney at this point is a decade plus into his time with the Clemson Tigers. We'll see how it shakes out now that the baton has been passed from Urban Meyer at Ohio State. But we've there are no shocking names at the top of this pecking order, right? We're, we're looking at seven programs that have been in these conversations before, led by Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. LSU looked really, really good with Joe Burrows at quarterback. LSU has usually been running game defense, and then I wonder what you'll see from the Tigers at quarterback. Joe Burrows might be number one in the Heisman pecking order right now for the LSU Tigers. So Wisconsin and Penn State of the Big Ten are also in that mix. But who other than Alabama and Clemson, and then, yes, I'd throw the Buckeyes in there under the Urban Meyer tenure, 
and Ryan Day is off to an amazing start. But Lincoln Riley is a first-time head coach with Coach Ruff's assistance is in all of these conversations. And it, I think it is, other than, you know, the emergence and rise of Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers, it is the other biggest new phenomenon over these last, last half a dozen years, I think, in all of college football. Saban's been Saban for a long time. Dabo and Lincoln Riley are rising superstars. And it looks like both want to stay in the college ranks rather than flirt with the NFL. And frankly, I don't blame them. At this point in college football history, the best college jobs pay as much as most NFL head coaching jobs, believe it or not. That wasn't the case, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. And offer more job security than if you jump for one of those NFL jobs, right? You, you could be on your tail thrown out the side door if you take the NFL job and it doesn't work out in three or four years. At Oklahoma, if you keep recruiting well and you already have this brand name that you inherited from Bob Stoops and you've even you know built on that foundation, you're going to win double-digit games pretty much every year and sometimes play for the national championship. That offers job security for young Lincoln Riley as long as he wants job security. Same with Dabo Sweeney, who hasn't yet hit his, I think he's about to hit his 50th birthday sometime this fall. 1-800-849-2761. Ruffin McNeil, human ray of sunshine, and Oklahoma Sooners assistant head coach. Appreciate him dropping by. We do have the floating questions of the day on college football and the NFL. On the latter, it's if you're David Tepper or Ron Rivera, what do you do at quarterback? I think fair points have been made today. In defense of both Cam Newton, again, once he's healthy and available, and Kyle Allen, now 5-0 and as an NFL starting quarterback and the possessor of a four-game winning streak after that annihilation of the Buccaneers in London. I know, again, the final score was close, but that was a 34-10 game early fourth quarter before some garbage time scores. Kyle Allen has really, really good numbers. Kyle Allen is throwing more accurately than even Cam Newton has in most of his years as an NFL starting quarterback. But Cam Newton's bigger body of work is one that dwarfs most others, even among NFL starting quarterbacks. What's better, a truly healthy Cam Newton or a 23-year-old Kyle Allen? To me, there's no doubt the answer is Cam Newton. A truly healthy Cam Newton still has enough tread left on the tire that, to me, that's still your better option than, than Kyle Allen as impressive as he has been. But what do we know about Cam's health? We're not sure. I don't think Norv Turner's sure. Ron Rivera's sure. Cam has been lying to himself. He's even admitted at times in this whole escapade, it's a good problem to have compared to the problems that other NFL teams have. But it is front and center because it not only impacts the 2019 season, this decision, it impacts how you handle Cam and his contract for next year. It impacts how David Tepper is going to envision his Carolina Panthers for many years down the road. You can chime in on that question of the day. We have the Hurricanes and hockey on our mind. We have the Astros and the Yankees and Major League Baseball's playoff doubleheader, which starts not too long from now, also on our mind. You can jump in with your question or comment at 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. 
Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Cam has epitomized, you know, what, what, what we asked of him, of, of being a captain. He's been there and supportive of his teammates, and he's been around. You know, when we first got together and talked about this, you know, we told him, hey, we're not going to put pressure on you. So until, you know, he's 100%, until he's ready to roll, we're not going to address it. You know, and then the people then, you know, well, Wadman's not been around. He's been around. We just don't want him standing on the sideline for four and a half hours, you know, for no reason. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is a crystal clear fork in the road if you're the Carolina Panthers. You could say when Cam is healthy, it's his starting job, and Ron Rivera opted not to say that. I like Ron Rivera. He's going to tell us on the outside not to read too much into his non-answer. We're just not going to deal with the question until it's time. And for the record, I don't blame Ron Rivera for making that his answer. But, Coach... There are times you can't be fully transparent, and you know it. I really like him. I think he's a fundamentally honest man filled with integrity. Son, uh, proud son of a member of the United States military and has lived his life in full of integrity type ways. As we go to Jansen and Raleigh, who has college football on his mind, more on the NFL, including your calls on the question of the day. If you're the owner of the Panthers, David Tepper, or the coach of the Panthers, Ron Rivera, whose voice you just heard there, what do you do at quarterback? Cam Newton supposedly is practicing for the first time in a long time, starting next week after the open weekend. Panthers are off this coming weekend. Then they go to San Francisco the following weekend. So it might be a week from today that Cam is back on the practice field after his foot injury for the first time. I don't blame Ron Rivera for saying we're just not going to deal with the question until it's time. But Ron Rivera has had the lie to us. They're coaching little white lies, but he has. Let's just be candid about it. When asked about players dealing with injuries, he has been untruthful to the public. That's just the reality. It doesn't make him unique, by the way. That's how it works. They are in the business of competing and winning, and they are not in the business of tilting all of their cards. Anything that might give next week's opponent or a later opponent any kind of advantage, however minute it might be. Ron Rivera sometimes can't give us truth serum answers. I respect that. I know that. Ron Rivera also knows that when he says, we're just not going to deal with this question until it's time about quarterback, he is not saying what the Saints are saying. And that is, as soon as Drew Brees is ready to go, Teddy Bridgewater is back to the bench, and Drew Brees is the future Hall of Famer back in our starting lineup. It is crystal clear in New Orleans. It is not crystal clear here. And yes, that is a fair thing to read into the non-answers of Ron Rivera. You are saying something with your non-answer. And it would be very easy for you to clarify it if you wanted to, you don't, and you won't, and that's why fans are free to speculate, and they're not crazy for doing so. You could be next. What would you do when Cam is healthy again 
and Kyle Allen keeps winning football games. 5-0 and now as an NFL starting QB. 4-0 and as the Panthers have saved their season. An 0-2 start, now a four-game winning streak, all led by Kyle Allen, the 23-year-old. Jansen in Raleigh, welcome to the David Glenn Show. We'll get to more calls on the Canes, the baseball playoffs. The XFL draft was today, or started today. College football and the NFL are also on our minds. Jansen, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. What's uh, on your mind? I want to say uh, thanks for the Canes tickets last week. I, uh, I was one of the guys you uh, gave away tickets to opening night against Montreal. Nice. And my uh, my fiancé and I had a great time. And you got a win. I'm glad you had fun. Absolutely. Appreciate well, it. To my question, um, over the weekend, Clemson dismantled Florida State. And I'm not sure if you saw it, but Dabo Sweeney absolutely lost his mind on his kicker. And I want to get I your opinion on, yeah. on that. If you know any more information about what was happening, I'm just, I don't have an opinion quite yet. Yeah. I just want to get, uh, get your feedback. Yeah, on. I'm kind of a case by case basis type guy when it comes to answering these questions. Like somebody will say, Do you, have you ever seen a college coach go too far with how he handles publicly disciplining his player answer? Yes. I have seen examples of that. And, of course, it becomes hard to, like, where do you draw the line? What if, as they did back in the day, what if the football coach grabs the face mask of the player and with, you know, veins bulging and spittle flying, screams in his face about whatever, the missed block or the fumble or something else? Where do you draw that line? It, it's, it's one of those I know it when I see it type things. You know, when former Indiana Bob Knight Indiana basketball coach Bob Knight got to the point where he was reaching out and strangling somebody. Of course, that is too far. Dabo Sweeney, in a game where the Clemson Tigers were annihilating Florida State, I believe it was 28 to nothing at the time, his kicker trots out there, and I think it was an easy field goal or a relatively easy one. Yeah, a 24-yarder, and he misses it. Now, Here's what I can identify with if I'm Dabo Sweeney. Darren, you can testify to this. Am I a little bit intense about details, the way the David Glenn Show is done, the way the Big Tailgate Tour is done, the way the ACC Sports Journal magazine is done, accsports.com, you know, these are things I created 25 yeah. years and, ago. And I don't know what the, the radio show equivalent is to being up 28 to nothing against a team, but it, it, it's even more ramped up in situations where you think others might believe it to be not a big deal, something like that. You're a little more adamant in times like that just to get the, to get the point across, right? I'm 100% certain that I would not have 25 years after creating that magazine and website, two of the most successful offerings in the history of college sports. And, and that's not my opinion. If you just looked at the numbers and the longevity and 25 years of magazine sales and, and subscribers online and, and our reach, I'm, what I'm getting to is I believe that if I were not very, very demanding, sometimes – causing people to step back at my intensity over what appear to be little things, I believe that one or both of them would have gone away, you know, during the economic downturn of 2007 or otherwise. Instead, I've, keep, I've kept hundreds of people employed and been a part of a great success story. I believe in part because 
I really emphasize details more than most people do. I demand, you know, a Wall Street Journal, if you like the conservative slant, or a New York Times, if you like the liberal slant. That level of high-end professionalism with how we do things. And I would never accept, well, it's just... It's just a regional sports magazine. Uh, we're just covering college sports. How important could it be? Well, I look at it as the, a bigger picture. And I have kept hundreds of people employed. And I have, you know, been a part of something that has been very successful. And I think how, that's how Dabo views the college football universe. If I'm just going to let B.T. Potter, my starting kicker, go out there and whatever, maybe the kid has concentration issues in practice. And he's not, maybe Dabo thought he's not taking this chip shot field goal seriously because we're up 28 to nothing and we're at Death Valley and we're ranked in the top four and we're still undefeated. And he wants to make a broader point. Either the young man has shown Dabo something that has bothered him or the team was showing him something that bothers him. And Dabo is smart enough to know that if you allow that kind of lack of attention to detail, oh, we're doing fine, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a lapse of judgment here or just a lapse of concentration, if that lapse comes in another game at the wrong time or if his players see that Dabo just shrugs his shoulders and says my starting kicker just missed a 24-yarder, well, what if that's the 24-yarder against Alabama in a game where that might end up being decided by tiny fractions, right? I, I believe that that's the message that Dabo is sending to his team generally. I'm not coaching like we're up 24 or 28 to nothing, and that's a meaningless field goal. The only way you can sustain a really high level of excellence is by being demanding in ways that most others are not. It, it's just that hard to be that successful that regularly. And, you know, David Cutcliffe recently on our show complimented Nick Saban of Alabama, not for being a good recruiter, duh, not for having a bunch of NFL players, duh, not for having a bunch of college All-Americans, duh. But he said the Crimson Tide players play with an intensity on every play, even as they're up 40-something to whatever against Duke in Atlanta, in a regular season opener, where they know the win is already in the bag. And yet, the Tide is, is still winning or at least matching the intensity battle, the effort battle, the attention to detail battle. There is absolutely positively no way that anyone would ever convince me that Dabo and Nick being that demanding about things that probably 18 to 22-year-olds frequently would roll their eyes at Holy cow, coach just went ballistic on something that was just a 24-yard field goal when we were up 28 points. Well, guess what? I I've seen that reaction in my own business many times. And you know what happens to the people who roll their eyes too frequently? They become ex-employees, right? And you're not doing that as a college coach, so you're trying to bring the best out of your guys. So, again, I don't know his relationship with B.T. Potter. I do believe in the general sense, if your player knows that you care about him and the team, if they don't think you're some kind of narcissistic egomaniac who just wants to show you up on national TV, if you've built a foundation where that player knows you care about him and you're trying to get the best out of him, I think by the time you're 18 to 22, you can be more ready for getting yelled at on national TV.
I don't think it makes Dabo Sweeney some kind of a demon-type figure, right? Can you cross the line? Yes, you can cross the line. But wasn't a few years ago he, like, ran down the sideline after his punter? Was that in a playoff game? I can't even remember. He's an emotional guy, but part of what has made him great, and I believe he's also a great person, and I think those willing to follow the evidence will see that he's been a great person and a great football coach. I believe that if you're treating people the right way behind the scenes, they don't mind that you're demanding and even occasionally over the top. If you have not built that healthy foundation and you show up a 20-year-old or whatever on TV, you are asking for internal chemistry problems. So that's a long answer to your question. Again, it's a case-by-case basis. You can't demean somebody. You can't degrade somebody. But in the football culture, I mean, yelling is kind of commonplace, right? And it, it might be different, you know, in, I don't know, gymnastics coaches don't yell probably after a bad routine men or women I don't know maybe they do if you've built a healthy foundation you get more leeway for your unique form of leadership I'll bet you Dabo Sweeney would tell us he hopes not to be that way that often but the margin is that small if you want to go for a third national championship in a four-year period Clemson's good again of course duh but if anybody loses their edge, well, guess what? There's a, there's a half a dozen teams with similar talent to Clemson's talent. Half a dozen out there. And many of them are undefeated as we speak. If you lose your edge, your attention to detail, hey, man, I need you to concentrate on this meaningless 24-yard field goal in a game we've already won against Florida State because that's how you've been coached. And if you don't approach this field goal that way, there is no magical light switch that allows you to just turn it on and make that 24-yarder when we need it against Alabama in the college football playoff. I sincerely believe those are the emotions behind that intensity. And I also firmly believe that that kind of approach is what separates some of the occasionally good coaches and programs out there from truly the best of the best. And that's what Clemson football is right now. Appreciate the call, Jansen. I hope that helps you form your own opinion on that matter. I don't have the only answer in situations like that. And again, I could find examples where I think coaches went too far. I don't think that single example crossed that line for me. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. More phone calls, more headlines next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Quick update on our international incident between the NBA and China. Also, something to look forward to in the Major League Baseball playoff doubleheader tonight. Actually starts shortly. Astros at Yankees at 4 o'clock this afternoon. First on the NBA, as we welcome last call for phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. LeBron James chimed in relatively briefly on the NBA China international incident that you all know led to the cancellation of a lot of 
media events, a lot of interviews, Chinese television refused to broadcast as originally scheduled, a couple of games between the Lakers and the Nets that took place in preseason action. The first domino, of course, was that tweet by Daryl Morey, the Rockets general manager, in support of the Hong Kong protesters. Those who didn't know previously now know that many, many, many Chinese people, especially the Chinese government, view that issue, Hong, Tong, Hong Kong's relationship with mainland China, as super sensitive. Whatever, whatever American issue you would be most sensitive to hear a person from another country chime in on, that's what this is for many Chinese people. Well, LeBron tried to chime in on it and tried to kind of ride the fence and now protesters in Hong Kong are burning his jersey because he left the impression, at least in their eyes, that he valued the money of the Chinese market more than he valued standing up for a social justice cause there, the way obviously LeBron has been famous for standing up for such things at home. As you all know, I don't view that as a perfect parallel. I believe almost every social justice warrior in the history of the world uh, handled their own country one way and handled things halfway around the world a different way for practical reasons, if nothing else. You're not voting there. You're not living there. You don't have the same power to change there that you may have with a large platform at home. doesn't mean you don't say anything anywhere else, you know, beyond your own country. I, just, I think equating the two it has been really you know, a mindless argument in some of the biggest critic critics of Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr, or in this case, LeBron James. But that is the update there, for better or for worse. Meanwhile, as the Astros visit the Yankees today, you have about as good a matchup as you could possibly ask for. The Yankees steamrolled into this round, whereas the other survivors all took a little while. Garrett Cole is the starter today for the Houston Astros. In his last 24 starts, he has 18 wins and zero losses. He was the Major League Baseball strikeout leader. He has not lost in many, many months. And he's going against the Yankees lineup, obviously, that has been fantastic against the Twins in the regular, in the postseason, rather, and was among the best in Major League Baseball during the regular season. That, to me, is must-see TV. The whole series is whoever wins will be favored against the Washington Nationals in the World Series. I believe they are the two best teams in baseball. It is 1-1 after the split in Houston. So Garrett Cole in an Astros uniform against those Yankees in front of those Yankees fans if you're a baseball fan, that is as good as it gets at this time of year. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. Special thanks to ESPN's Rod Gilmore for dropping by on college football and other things. Jim Zoki on the NFL and the Panthers. Ruffin McNeil, friend of the program from the Oklahoma Sooners. TV picks tonight led by... 
the doubleheader in Major League Baseball. It is the Astros-Yankees must-see TV, 4 o'clock, pivotal game three, Yankee Stadium, Garrett Cole with the ball for the Astros, 4 o'clock FS1. Tonight, you get the other half of that doubleheader. Cardinals at National St. Louis's season is on the line. The U.S. men's national team plays Canada. The Canes are in L.A. Enjoy the games. See you tomorrow. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.